0: going on guys welcome back to let it grow investing i am jeff and this is going to be episode 42 um so thank you guys for tuning in and uh you know welcome if you've never been here before and uh you know please make sure you like and subscribe to uh stay up to date on all the uh, new episodes that are going to be coming out we've uh been doing the investing challenge for 2022 um you know we had five picks And those picks were DraftKings, SoFi, Enphase Energy, NVIDIA, and PayPal. Uh, Right now, NVIDIA is in the lead over on the Facebook group, the Let It Grow Investing podcast page. Uh, So go ahead and go on there, join up, and uh, please make sure to vote uh, because we're going to be putting $200 a week into a stock that the group chooses uh, for the year for 2022. And then we're going to... um, hopefully see some gains of uh, north of 15, 20% really is going to see what the uh, the market does and what some of these individual names do. And, you know, the the earlier stocks are obviously going to have more time for uh, movement and for some growth where, you know, the ones that we're going to be buying closer to the end of the year, aren't going to be as uh, uh, lucrative. We're just going to have a shorter time horizon on them. So it's going to be a little bit tougher on those. So the, the first picks are really going to matter. Uh, at least in my thinking, they're really going to matter. Maybe we'll have some dips throughout the year that we can really capitalize on also. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what we're going to be doing. So we'll, I'll be putting the $200 weekly into uh, Weeble. I think it's probably going to take place on Mondays or Tuesdays when we're going to be able to do those buys. Uh, so yeah, it's 200 bucks of my own money. It's uh kind of money that I'm used to investing. I normally put it into my E-Trade account. This year, it's going to be going into a new account. There's 50 bucks of Bitcoin in it, and nothing else. So that's uh, that's my exposure uh, on that account. So I'll be putting about you know 10,400 throughout the course of the year into this account, Uh, and we'll ultimately try to follow along on Facebook and on the podcast, showing uh, what we've been able to do with it. So that's uh, that's the plan. So please go over there and uh, and vote. And there's also uh, another video on there that was explaining the uh, the process, but uh, right now we do have a promotion to give away a free Google Nest Hub. All you have to do is like that video and uh, comment "invited" when you invite three people to the group. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you over there, and um, you know look forward to uh, the whole investing challenge and. Ultimately, seeing what we can't get done with this money for the year, and you know that that's what I got for you on that front. But uh, going forward, we have a defense spending bill that is uh, has been approved. It's about seven hundred and sixty-eight billion dollars. It's a five percent increase over what was originally uh, projected, and you know that's going to cover some different things. There is a pay raise for service members of about two point seven percent. Um, so normally that would outpace inflation slightly, uh, this year it's going to be under, we've talked about that. If you're not, uh, getting a raise, you're, you're basically losing money compared to where you were last year based on the ever, you know, rising inflation numbers. We have started to see some of the housing numbers come down. Some of the house, uh, existing home sales have actually pulled back in the past couple months. So that is a a good sign for people that are, you know, looking to buy, um, you know, some of the numbers have just been so artificially inflated, even as a homeowner, you're, you're kind of thinking, you know, what, who's, who's buying these houses for this and how long can this run, you know, are my kids going to be able to ever afford a home at this rate? Uh, so, you know, it's just all those things out there that we're, we're really need to get rain back in. So hopefully those numbers can, uh, can stabilize. And uh, not continue to run up too crazy, you know, used car prices being up, you know, 30, 40 percent over, you know, a year ago is uh, is insane. But uh, that that's what we're up against right now. Uh, So going forward, you know, Palantir uh, had won the army contract, uh, the option to renew. Uh, I'm sure some of that money is probably coming from this uh, this Biden uh, defense spending bill. But uh, they had the the contract for the army already with their uh, I forget the the Vantage program, and this this contract was for another hundred and sixteen million dollar uh, extension, and you know the first part was a, a four hundred and fifty eight million dollar contract with a one year base period and three option years, uh, so they're they're going ahead and renewing that option on this contract. I don't really think that Palantir has gotten. Uh, too much in the way of the, the stock price hasn't really been rewarded for this renewal and really what it signifies. Um, because you know, in, in the department of uh, defense, we've got, uh, you know, there's normally so a lot of stickiness there when, when people have a contract or they've been working with a different, uh, program, they, they tend to renew it. Uh, and they, they have a hard time getting away from that, that software, uh, if it's something that they have stayed with, so hopefully, you know, for for Palantir and for the uh, the investors in Palantir, they are able to to lock down these these bigger contracts and keep them as customers. Um, you know, obviously, if, if the the contract was not renewed, I think there would have been more breakdown in the price. But right now, they're they're not being rewarded for that uh, that good product and service that they're offering you know, so hopefully this, uh, this is a start of another leg up and we can definitely find some, some more positive ground from here. You know, ultimately, uh, Palantir is a long, long play for me. I do see the, the growth and how they're, uh, you know, they, they've been around forever, but they are newly IPO'd, uh, to the, uh, uh, New York Stock Exchange, so it's it's been a good good run for them, and I do think that they've got a lot of stuff and a lot of long term uh, time horizon on a lot of these projects, and ultimately their customers are going to keep coming back, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be making uh, more uh, customers throughout this process as well, and in DC and in the Defense Department. When when one company's getting a lot of notice, I'm I've seen it before where they'll they'll actually kind of infiltrate the whole government until, you know, they, they've really branched out as much as they can. Plus they've got the commercial products division as well. Um, so, you know, lots of different things going on there for them. Hopefully that, uh, that continues to take them higher. Uh, but we do have, uh, Enphase also buying, uh, they bought 365 Pronto, which is a, uh, software based company that is going to be connecting, uh, your installers and your customers and getting uh contracts back and forth with uh the people who are producing power with uh solar power assets like the solar panels and things like that to actually be able to to sell these con- or sell the excess energy back off to uh to the power producers so there's uh gonna be some some overlap there to where the uh, installers and the the asset owners are going to have a, a bit easier of a program to be able to uh, interact with each other and have options out there as to who's going to be buying the power for how much and uh, different things like that. And then they also acquired Clipper Creek, excuse me, which is a uh, EV charging uh, play. So they're definitely looking for ways to expand and ways to make their product uh, better for the end users as well as you know the people installing and the people that have to deal with it on the power uh, front. Um, so yeah, they're they're trying to buy up a bunch of different things, set up that real strong base to where they can uh, go forward as a as a stronger company than some of their competitors and really have that edge over others when they're when you're looking to pick a a solar provider. You know they they had those micro inverters which was their big uh, claim to fame. But, you know, I'm sure other people are going to have that in time as uh, patents run out or, you know, they're going to find a way to, to make something similar. Uh, so it really is a good thing that they're going to have something else to fall back on rather than being kind of a one trick pony that, you know, they had we, oh, we got micro inverters. You know, what else do you do? What else are you looking for? So right now they are they're making those moves to to get into the software side of business. Uh, and also, you know the EV charging plays, which is definitely good. Um, in the Neo news, we've got uh, Neo looking to hire for U.S. jobs on LinkedIn, so it looks like they're going to be coming over this way. We we've seen it before. I think they were hiring some sort of uh, uh, North American liaison to handle some different marketing and public relations things like that. And now they're hiring for some more jobs, so it, it looks like they're going to be trying to make their way over here. I'm not too sure as to when that is. I haven't heard any official announcement uh, from Neo, but uh, ultimately, you know, they're, they're hiring here. Uh, it's got to mean that they they want to eventually get over this way. You know, they're in Europe, they're in Norway, Finland, and uh, you know, still looking to expand. So we will see what that means, but right now it's definitely one that I'm keeping an eye on. You know the some of the VIE uh, rules have changed, which uh, ultimately looks like it's going to be a good thing for us. Um, but we're going to talk about that a bit later here. Um, now Tesla, Tesla has got some different um, price targets on their stock that have just come out and they're definitely going to be beneficial. Uh, For Tesla, I I do think that we have a very good chance of hitting them very soon. Uh, We've had the the sell-side pressure from Elon. We've had sell-side pressure from Arc. We've had a lot of sell-side pressure out there bringing this one down and really struggling to uh, continue that breakout. So I said uh, a few episodes back that if it got down into the 900s, I thought it was a buy. And it got down there, and it really quickly closed that gap. You know, right now, uh, pre-market were thousand eighty-eight, and you know, if I if I look back, I'm sure it was in the past week we were down in the in the low nines, even upper eights. Um, yeah, last uh, Tuesday was we we went right under nine hundred. So you know, now that we're already uh, about about two hundred dollars. Uh, up from there, definitely making some big moves. Uh, as some of these sell side pressures uh, have diminished, we've you know, Eli Elon has sold all of his shares that I believe he was planning to sell. So that uh, those billions of dollars worth of shares have been sold. People are buying them up, and I still think that there's an appetite out there for 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 some more Tesla shares. Um, you know, Kathy Wood and. and ARC has been selling them also trying to rebalance the, the portfolio. Uh, again, not crazy numbers and overall spectrum of how much they hold. Uh, but they have been selling. They've sold, I think, about 43 different sell side orders on Monday alone. And, you know, that, that sounds large, but uh, it's you know, half a percent here, one percent there. Uh, just kind of an over overall rebalance of what they've got and what they're doing. And where they're looking to go, and, and set up the portfolio for those future gains. So a lot of different things going on out there. But the the interesting thing is, there's so many more buyers right now than even what. Um, sorry, my phone's going off on some some cameras. Um, let me turn that off. So yeah, there's there's more buyers that are closing these gaps quicker and quicker. And I think when some of these sell side pressures are gone, I definitely think we're going to break out to that that high that we've uh, previously had. We're going to test it. And I ultimately think we're going to break through it. Uh, there There is some more um, co- uh, competition out there in the way of some of the different names, you know, Neo, Rivian, Lucid, um, you know, Ford, Hyundai, all of them, Porsche, VW, all of them are coming out with a... Uh, an EV, I still think that Tesla is is in the lead there. They've got the most tech. They've got the most uh, following. You know, everyone, I, I think if you're going to look at an EV, uh, Tesla is going to be one of the first places you're going to look for right now. Uh, I don't ultimately see that changing super quick. I think it's going to be a long time before there's, there's really a, a significant competitor for them. Uh, so for that reason, I still think we're going to break out to the high. Uh, you have that some of these analysts have thought that we're going to get to and those numbers one came out yesterday at $1,313 from Argus Research I believe that their previous price target was right over a thousand I want to say it was a thousand thirteen so you know about 30% up from there Wedbush came out with 1400 on the 27th um, so you know those are those are some pretty Hefty numbers to be uh, having an upside to, uh, but generally speaking, there's a lot of people that don't quite get Tesla and don't really see all the, the different ways that they can make money. So some of the, the targets are low, uh, you know, Credit Suisse at 830, RBC Capital at 950. So we've already beat those. We're already over those. I don't think we're going back down to 830. I, I, we, we might touch it, but I don't see that we're going to stay there for long. I really don't think it'll happen. Um, so yeah, the, uh, there is a a high upside of 1580. I don't see that one on the the sheet that I'm looking at, but that is the current high price. And that one is from new street, which I'm not even sure who new street is, but they're, they're saying 1580. Kathy Wood still says 3000 by 2025. So we will see where it goes. And, uh, ultimately I would love to be in this one long, like I've said before, it's my, my number one position and, you know, ultimately 3000 would look great. Uh, I just want to see a sustainable path to get there and not a bunch of hype. We've, we've seen that before in names like draft Kings where it got way ahead of itself on the hype and, and then sold way back down, you know, that, that price to sales went up to in the forties, 45 and now it's trading about uh, 10 times price to sales. So those numbers have come way back down. I don't want to see Tesla do that. I want to see a sustainable path uh, for long-term growth and, and not just be some sort of hype play. Uh, a lot of people don't really, like I said, quite understand the, the Tesla business and all the angles that they have. So hopefully it uh, it slowly evolves into you know, a much larger sustainable growth type company and they can figure out a lot of the different problems that they have and, uh, and really go forward, um, to get to that 3000 price level that, uh, I'd really love to see. So, um, yeah, that, that's my, that's my price target, uh, uh coverage there, you know, short term, I, I think we can break out above that high and, uh, certainly test some of these 1300, 1400, Uh, Levels and that would certainly be nice. Hopefully you guys if you're into it um, You know, hopefully you guys have a couple shares or are invested into it one way or another whether it's ARC or any of the other uh, Growth funds that are out there And the COVID numbers have been on the rise also We've definitely seen more of a spread of the Omicron variant Uh, it's affecting a lot of businesses a lot of staffing concerns uh, with people out for the holidays, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that were already asking off of work between you know Christmas and New Year's. Uh, and then with flight cancellations also, there's a, a lot of uh, bad weather and also staffing concerns and I'm sure a lot of just COVID concerns in general. Uh, so hopefully that can kind of get uh, regulated back down to kind of where we were before uh, the holidays and we can get back to uh, a little bit more relaxed uh, policy there. And ultimately, time will tell. Uh, hopefully, this Omicron variant fizzles out as, as quick as some of the other ones did. And, you know, hopefully we can we can come up for a, a long-term plan as to not having everyone get sick and another booster every, every time another variant comes out. But um, that's what I got on that. And I will be right back after a short message. And we're going to talk about China, uh, the VIE and some different rules that are out there and what's changing, what's going on. So I'll be right back. All right guys, welcome back. Um, So I'm gonna get into this. I might not be the best person for this, but uh, that's what you've got. So the Chinese uh, stocks, they are listed as a VIE, a variable interest entity, for us investors that are investing from uh, from North America or even Europe, or anywhere abroad that's not in directly in China, which basically means we are buying into a VIE, another company that um, ultimately is owned by the parent company in China. So these tech companies, they need to raise money, but they cannot uh, directly list on the New York Stock Exchange because Chinese, the Chinese government doesn't allow more than 50% of ownership by foreign investors to keep their, uh, their ownership and their proprietary data and to basically have control over these companies. So, you know, Alibaba, Tencent, Baidu, they'll list uh, a VIE company, a second company in the Cayman Islands that will be listed to, or the Virgin Islands or wherever they list, uh, that will be listed onto the New York Stock Exchange. So ultimately, as American investors, we will be buying the second company that has an, a 50% interest from the first company, that is the Chinese company. So ultimately, we don't own directly the company of the, the underlying assets that we're we're trying to buy. We own another company that has 50% of interest into that main company, if that makes any sense. So there's been a lot of problems with if they delist that company, that, you know, that VIE company that we are invested into, we're just SOL. We're, we're out of luck on that one. Um, there's not much we can do. There's not much repercussion. We We don't necessarily own directly that company. They have no uh, liability to, to owe us anything. Say, you know, if they took that company and made it look bankrupt on paper, um, ultimately we're we're done and over with. You know, so if you own Alibaba or if you own Neo or if you own any of these other companies, that's that's been one of the fears that I've been talking about. Um, so you don't directly own that company; you own the Cayman Islands portion. That is uh, basically pushed off from the Chinese government to have that uh, the funding come in from offshore for these technology companies that need a lot of capital. Uh, they allow them to get the capital, but they don't want to give up the ownership. So that's pretty much what we're invested in, which is problematic in a lot of ways, you know, because you, you as a shareholder, you you get the share, you get the the interest in it. And then you get uh, the voting rights, but you don't really get that in the way of these Chinese companies. So there's a lot of give and take, and a lot of tension there between the U.S. and China. And ultimately, what, what happened now is on Christmas Eve, the, uh, the Chinese Securities Regulatory Commission, the CSRC, um, they gave approval to a corporate structure that, that's going to allow companies to raise these funds offshore. And it closes this loophole that's be, become a, a big problem in the uh, the U.S.-Chinese tensions. So, again, do we do we believe this? I mean, it, basically, it's a, it's allowing companies to set up as these VIEs, and they're allowed to list as long as they meet with regulators and they meet all these compliance rules to do so. Now, could they easily say, "Oh, you don't you don't meet compliance rules"? We're still not going to allow it. Um, that's still a concern, you know, it's still a a problem out there that we really don't know who these regulators are. We don't really know if it's going to get bumped or if they're going to be allowed. Uh, as of right now, it looks like a good thing. Uh, it looks like a little bit more clarity as to what the rules are and how we're going to play by them, but we never know if that's going to be the, the end all be all of you know the the Chinese government oversight into the things that we are ultimately putting our money into to to try to have that international exposure. As I've said before, you know Alibaba, Baidu, all the the Chinese companies, all the VIEs that we're invested into, uh, trade much cheaper than your typical counterpart that is uh, an American company, whether it's Amazon, Google, or you know Uber, uh, you know, so a, bu- a bunch of different. Problems there, and they they trade cheaper because of a lot of these different problems that uh, we're faced when when we're buying these Chinese companies. Uh, so take that into take that into account. Things are looking better. They're still not great. Uh, so that being said, are we still looking to buy these different stocks? Are we still looking to buy Alibaba? Are we still looking to to add Neo? Uh, I still own them. You know, personally, and in, in my opinion, I I know they're risky, but I, I do have three of them. I have uh, Alibaba, I have Baidu, I have Neo, and and those are going to be my three stocks that I have uh, invested in. That I still believe in the companies. I believe in the underlying company. The VIE rule is still, you know, I'll, I'll say sketchy, if if you will. There there's still a lot of unknowns. But that doesn't mean I don't want any of the exposure. Uh, I can completely understand if you said, you know, that sounds awful. Why? Why would I put any money into that? Why do I want to believe the Chinese government? Why don't I invest in C Limited, the the Southeast Asia play? Uh, why don't I invest in you know Mercado Libre, the the South American play? There are a bunch of different options out there. I'm, I'm not saying that um, you know you can't go with another. Counterpart throughout the world to get more international exposure. Uh, for me, I just like a lot of the exposure that the Chinese market brings. You know, the the one of the largest populations in the world. I I think they're uh, competitive with the U.S. Um, as far as a, a bunch of different things, but market size and uh, a lot of other growth factors that are there. So ultimately, for me, it's still worth the risk and. You know, like I said, it's not a crazy percent of my portfolio at this point. It probably makes up five percent between those three names, uh, if that. I mean, I'm looking right now. Alibaba is one percent, and I mean, Neo is probably a bit higher. Where's Neo at? Two point one three, and then Baidu is going to be a small portion in my in my IRA. So, not an overwhelming position in these. But I just want you to know that it it is risky. Hopefully some of that risk is getting uh, figured out and solved and ultimately is going to be easier on the markets, easier on these companies, and it's going to be a win-win. That's really my hope is that everyone kind of comes out of this with a little bit more clarity, a little bit more uh, ease of knowing where everyone is and how we're trading and ultimately has a a game plan, a game plan as to what is next. Uh, that's been the the been big hiccup is not knowing who's doing what or if these companies are are even investable. That's been a common theme that I've heard is you know, these companies are just you you can't put any money in them because you have no idea where it's going. Um, and truth be told, a lot of these I got into before I really knew about the VIE structure. And once I kind of figured it out and digested it a little bit, they were still companies that I liked. Um, So it made it really hard to sell as there was so much fear out there because everyone else was kind of figuring out about the VIE structure, or it seemed like a lot of other people were figuring out about the same time that I was. So when you look at it from that light, and, you know, you, you don't want to sell when there's peak fear. That's kind of where I was at. I, I kept saying that I'm I'm holding on to my Alibaba. I don't want to sell it. Uh, and this is one of the reasons is, is because of that fear that everyone was going and looking at at the same time. It was all over the same, you know, websites and, and videos and YouTube and this, that, the other. I heard a lot of this fear. And when I see the fear that that many times makes me want to buy more of it, when I know that it's getting beat down on this this bad news, um, I don't. I didn't on on Baidu or um, Alibaba. I did buy some more Neo, uh, just because of the, the the growth path that they have and how they are kind of getting international. So I did buy some more of that. I held off on the other two. Uh, so now I, I feel like we have a little bit more clear of a path. Uh, I don't know that it's a screaming buy. I, like I said, I still don't really quite trust the whole situation with the Chinese government and the oversight that they do have. Um, there is a little bit clearer of a path as to where we're going though, which certainly makes it a little bit easier to, um, at least to wrap your head around as to what's going on. And they're not just going to delist if, if the compliance is and all is met, if that rule actually you know holds water, and these companies aren't just getting you know bumped off the exchanges left and right, uh, it it certainly shows us that there's a path forward, and that we can certainly you know find a common ground and a middle ground to invest in these companies that give us the exposure uh, you know around the world that we're really looking to invest in. Uh, so hopefully this helped you understand a bit more about the vie structure and ultimately what we're investing in isn't a direct um, holding into that company in the the chinese markets and that's why they're also listed in the the new york stock exchange or they're listed around the world and in their respective homes Um, so hopefully that that clears up a little bit of that confusion for you and why they are actually listed here and the fact that you're only getting Um, They'll only allow 15% of foreign offshore investment into these tech companies. So they can basically hold uh, that information and not uh, give away some of their proprietary data um, by having a a larger influence from around the world. Um, But if you got any questions, I'm sure you can certainly uh, ask on the group or look it up. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be someone that knows this, uh, the ins and outs of this, a lot more than I do. Like I said, I'm, I'm learning it too. This is not, uh, you know, not a master course in VIE and Chinese uh, regulatory securities. You know, it's it's more or less an overview as to what's going on with these companies, why they have sold off, and some of the tensions that have been there. And hopefully, this is a path forward. Uh, but that's what I got for you guys on that front. Um, you know, like I said, that uh, the pin comment on the video, we're giving away that free Google Nest Hub. Uh, that'll be done next week. Uh, week one, uh, investing challenge poll is still out. NVIDIA is in the lead. Uh, so if if uh, that's your that's your vote, you know, please get on there and vote for that if you want to change it up. And uh, you like one of the other picks, whether it's uh, DraftKings, SoFi, Enphase or PayPal. Uh, go ahead on there and uh, and get your votes in so we can uh, get this investing challenge started off with a bang and uh, you know, pick a real good winner for the, the 2022 calendar year. But that's what I got. Take care. I will catch you guys in the next one and have a very happy, safe new year. And I will see you guys Monday. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on eTrade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.